Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lunatune Show. I am very excited to bring you another episode of Poetry Sundays. For the five of you that actually listen to this, <laughs> I apologize for missing out last Sunday, but I was a little too busy, so I didn't have the time to script out a new episode. Also, I didn't know what poem to pick because a lot of the poems I like are love poems, and I didn't want to bombard you all with a bunch of love poems. But I'm back this week. And today, I got, a, I got a nice, short and easy poem for us today. Um, I'm picking this poem mostly because I think last week, was, last week was definitely a longer one, or last episode, I mean, and, um, and probably a little more difficult to unpack. Um, I still don't even know if my interpretation of it was even correct. So I thought we'd pick a nice, a nice easy, short one that is pretty easy to understand, so... So today we will be looking at The Road Not Taken by Robert Frost. So Robert Frost is one of the most well-known poets um, like in history, um, especially during his time. He was born in 1874 and died in 1963 at the age of 88. So this man lived through a lot of historical events. His poetry is known for his realistic descriptions of rural life and the command of American colloquial speech, whatever, whatever that means. Um, again, I'm getting all this info from Wikipedia, so some things may not entirely be accurate. Uh, he's also one of the only, he's the only poet to win four Pulitzer Prizes for poetry, which is a pretty damn great accomplishment. But let's look into some uh, actual background, though, about him. So, Mr. Robert Frost was born in San Fran, California, which pretty surprising to me. He was born to, his, well, his mom was a Scottish immigrant and his father descended from England, it looks like. And they lived in San Fran until his father died. And then when, once his father died, they moved across the country to Massachusetts. And so even though um, he lived in, he lived in the city for like the, beginning of his life, but later on he'd move on to uh, a more rural lifestyle. He published his first poem in his high school's magazine. He attended Dartmouth College for two months, and eventually, though, he returned home and started teaching and working various other jobs, because, you know, back then it was really easy to find a job, <laughs> and, uh, but the thing is, he didn't really enjoy, I guess, this work, and he felt that his true calling was poetry, and Fun fact, in 1894, he sold his first poem called My Butterfly and Elegy. He sold it to the New York Independent for $15, which adjusted for inflation today is $443. That is kind of fucking insane, I'm not going to lie. That really goes to show how messed up this inflation thing has gotten. But... I don't want to get into a conversation about economics, because we're here to discuss some poetry. Also, I wasn't very good at economics. I took AP Microeconomics in high school, and I didn't understand a thing. Except I learned a couple of random terms, but I don't actually know what they mean. But anyway, back to the life of Mr. Robert Frost. Eventually, he, he went on to go to Harvard, but he, he left due to an illness. And then he actually started working at his grandfather's farm, it looks like. And he worked on their farm for nine years while also writing poetry at the same time. 
And then it looks like he even went on some adventures. He says that in 1912, he sailed with his family to Great Britain. Wow. During the First World War, though, he returned to America. And then for 42 years, wow, he spent almost every summer and fall teaching at a, the Breadloaf School of English of Middlebury College. That's kind of a mouthful. And, yeah, so he, he you know, there's more things about his life, but I don't want to bore you guys too much with his autobiography. I mean, sounds like it was a pretty interesting life, though, but, you know, we're going to look at the poetry, though. Um, so, again, his, his poems were really... Talked a lot about rural life. Um, I think I remember back when I was like in fourth grade that my teacher wanted us to, she picked one of his poems and she like challenged us to, she challenged us to like memorize it. And then I remember me and two other of my classmates were actually able to memorize it. And I think we got some sort of prize. I don't remember which poem it was though. I think it had something to do with winter or snow. I don't remember exactly which one it is. I'll have to look into it, but it was such a long time ago. So, but anyways, um, so yeah, Robert Frost. So that was a little bit about his background. Um, in terms of his actual poetry, though, he's one. He was influenced by some of the greats, like uh, uh, John Keats, William Butler Yeats, Thomas Hardy, Rupert Brooke, Robert Gray, Graves. He won a bunch of awards. He's, he's the he's the he's the OG. Well, maybe not the OG, but you know one of the goats in this poetry world. And so the poem we're looking at today is one called uh, The Road Not Taken. So I picked this poem, because the thing is, is he has a huge, huge, huge backlog of poems. But I picked this one not just because it's you know a little bit short and sweet, but also because I find the subject matter to be very relatable and worthy of conversation right now. And especially this, this idea of the road not taken is something that is always on my mind. And I'm sure it's on all of your guys' mind too, because it relates to that idea of making difficult decisions. You know, for me as a 12-year-old, 20-year-old, I've begun to start ma- making difficult decisions in my life. And oftentimes it can be so nerve-wracking making a decision. But we'll talk about all that after I read the poem. All right, so here we go. The Road Not Taken by Robert Frost. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both, and be one traveler. Long I stood and looked down one as far as I could, to where it bent in the undergrowth, then took the other as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear, Though, as for that, the passing there had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay, in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day. Yet, knowing how way leads on to way, I I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh. Somewhere, ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a wood. And I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. Okay, so definitely a shorter poem than the one I, I shared last time. But even though this poem, you know, this poem is really short. It gets right to the point. Um, but even though it's a short poem, it's, there's still a lot of discussion to have here. You know, first thing first is, you know, the title. 
It's called The Road Not Taken, which gives you, the reader, a bit of insight into what it's going to be about. And, you know, thankfully, it's not a very difficult poem to be about, and this is one of those in which the title pretty much, you can pretty much know exactly what it's going to be from just from the title. So here we have a speaker reminiscing on a time when they literally had to pick between different paths. One short, less traveled by, perhaps not as scenic in terms of nature. But the first thing, though, to know is that there's, like, two sides to this poem. There's the literal thing that's happening, and then there's the, there's the like, deeper metaphorical conversation going on in the background. Because the literal thing that's happening is that this speaker is on a trail, maybe in a nice scenic path, maybe going on a hike or something, and they are they have to make the decision between going down two different paths. So that's literally what's going on. So that's, you know, the speaker's debating, like, oh, should I go this way or, th- or that way? You know, which way is longer, which way is shorter, uh, which way leads where, which way has better views, you know, things like that. That's what they're thinking about in that moment. But the other medical, metaphorical conversation here that's going on here is about making difficult decisions. You know, should I... Should I take this job or should I take this other job? Should I go to this school or should I go to that other school? Should I move to a new country or should I stay? You know, things like that. So those are the two sides of the, of the poem. And keep that in mind as we're going, you know, as we're starting to unpack it. So let's just to go line by line. You know, they say two roads diverge in a yellow wood. I really like that line, though, uh, yellow wood especially. And sorry I could not travel both. So that line, I think, is important because we as humans naturally, you know, we feel regret. We feel, we often wish that we could, anytime we have a difficult decision in front of us or a difficult choice to make, uh, we often think, wow, I wish I could just, you know, go down both paths or, like, see or, like, make, like, you know, somehow make two versions of me and, like, have one go the, the one way and the other me go the other way and see what happens. And then they say, and be one traveler, long I stood, and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent on the undergrowth. So again, literally, what's going on is uh, the speaker is looking down, trying to look down both paths to see which one is nicer, which one has better terrain, etc. But returning to that metaphorical conversation, what they're really saying is that they wish they could see how each path turns out. In other words, they want to know what will be the result of going down each path. In the next stanza, however, they seem to make a decision. They say they picked the one less traveled by, then took the other as just as fair and having perhaps the better claim because it was grassy and wanted wear. So here, they, they made the decision. They took the one less traveled by, and they are in their minds justifying the choice to themselves. They said, and having perhaps the better claim, maybe has like better, you know, something going on here um, because it was grassy and wanted wear. It had, again, it's the road less traveled by, so the grass perhaps is brighter. It's not as, you know, dirty going down that path. Though the interesting thing about this stanza though is the last two lines. There was for that the passing there had warned them really about the same, meaning once he started actually going down that path, he kind of noticed that, oh, maybe it's, it was just as, uh, like, 
people, a lot of people have already gone down this path as well. So maybe it, it, it wasn't as less traveled by, or maybe it was less traveled by, but not as much as they thought. So then this poem shifts away from the actual decision. Now onto the reflection. The speaker thinks that now that they know how one path goes, they may not return to that trail again, because then they won't have a choice. So they say, and both that morning in Kulele, and leaves no step had dropped back. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how one way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. So again, literally, he's saying, well, I already know what, how one path goes, so I'm not really interested going again, because I'll probably just go the other way. And I think that that, that discussion is really interesting, because we hear the speaker is stripped away from that choice. He no longer has a choice in a way, because now that he knows how path A goes, he'll probably automatically pick path B just to see how that one goes. Then the final line like shows that regret that we've been leading up to. The text reads, I shall be telling this with a sigh as I look back on the fateful decision. Now, I think that that last line is really interesting because they, he says, or they say, Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. So he literally made his decision based on just assuming with that one path was the one less traveled by. Like, not as many people had walked path. And now that, that's literally what's happening, but metaphorically, again, that could be whatever reasoning he made with going down one path or making one decision. So, you know... It's, a very diff it's not a very difficult poem to understand. It's pretty clear. There's a person, they're traveling, they have a choice to make, they make one choice, and after they made that choice, they're looking back and wondering what the other path was like. But that's like a really interesting conversation because it's all about the difficulty of making hard decisions and how even when we do make a decision, we often still worry about that road not taken. We think, wow, I wonder what it would have been like had I done this or that. And I think that is so relatable. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, being 20 years old right now in college, there's a lot of decisions I have begun to start making that will begin to impact my life in the future. You know, and I'm sure you all have started to make those decisions as well, whether it be, you know, picking a college to go to, picking a major, deciding between an internship or two, you know. But the thing is, we, we, we face other types of hard decisions, you know, like those are the, the decisions we may be worried about now, but in five years from now, 10 years from now, we may be thinking about even more harder decisions, such as, you know, am I going to, if you're dating a person, you might think about marriage, you might think, oh shit, am I actually going to marry this person or, or maybe am I going to break up with them if you don't think that you see a future with them or something along the lines of, you know, Let's say you get a job offer in another country and you have the difficult decision of, oh, shit, should I move to another country, to a whole new job, to a whole new place, or will I stay here where I already have a stable job and I'm already comfortable and my whole family is here and my friends are here? You know, decisions like that. And I think that stuff is so freaking interesting because like the poet, we start to fixate or we start to become super indecisive with these types of decisions. Because they aren't easy, you know, they, they aren't those types of decisions that are like, I guess, quote unquote, easier, you know, like, like, let's say you're going to Starbucks and you're debating between two drinks and you're like, oh, I don't know if I should get this drink or that drink, you know, like those decisions mo more than likely are not going to impact 
the outcome of your life. Whereas a decision like the other ones, like uh, other examples I said, those will impact your life. You know, like the decision to marry a person or the decision to travel to another country for a job, you know, that those are the things that will impact your life. So those are the ones that you're like, fuck, I don't know what to do, you know. But I think the thing about this poem is that even if the speaker had chosen the other path, they'd still be thinking about the path they did take. That's inevitable. No matter what you pick, you're going to wonder what the other path was like. And then we also want to be like the poet and we want to see how each decision will result. You know, if we somehow had that ability, well, then it, in theory, it wouldn't be difficult to make to make these hard choices anymore because we'd know instantly which is the quote unquote right one. But the thing is, is I think that that line of thinking is wrong, too, because even if we somehow could see into the future, it wouldn't make shit any less harder. In fact, it would probably make it worse. Because let's say you're, you, you could see the future. Like, let's say you had, a, you had to decide between A or B. And it, this is one of those, like, hard decisions that I mentioned earlier that can actually impact your life. <clears throat> and you, so you're, you, you have to decide between A or B, and you're like, all right, I somehow have the power <laughs> to see the future, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see what path A is like. And then maybe you see yourself down, going down path A, and then you're like, okay, if I go down path A, this will happen, and this will happen, and let's say, but I'll, I'll struggle for a while, like, there'll be a few years where I'll struggle there, but then eventually, you know, I will be successful in this area, but maybe not so successful in another area that's also meaningful to me, okay, cool, so that's path A, and then let's say you see down path B, and then you're like, okay, maybe I didn't go through as much personal hardship, you know, I have a good, good amount of friends in this path, my family is still there, but maybe career-wise, things are still tough. Because you didn't go through the struggles in Part A, you didn't end up getting like the career you envisioned. You're still working to paycheck. So then, you know, you may be thinking, oh, we'll obviously pick Path A, but if you, even if you're really successful, like, you might not be happy. Like, if you're not having that, if you're missing that social aspect, you, you wouldn't be happy, I guess, in theory. You know, some of you may disagree, but you get the point, though, that sometimes if you could see down both paths, you might you might realize that both neither path is like wholly great or wholly bad. And doesn't that just sound doesn't that just make it even harder to decide if you didn't know? So there's a movie I really love which kind of explores that concept but on steroids. It's called uh, Mr. Nobody. It stars Jared Leto and it's pretty much about everything I've been talking about about making hard decisions. Um, I won't spoil it because that movie is a total trip, and I highly recommend it, but there's a lot of similar debate. But ultimately, though, when it comes down to making these hard choices, I think the important thing is that you, you yourself have to pick it for you, you know? If you, again, going back to that, the example of, uh, you know, like path A or path B, and both have pros and cons, and you are just completely stuck, you have no clue what to do, you... You think going down either path will be meaningful and valuable, but then you lose something significant by going down either one. So how do you make that decision? Well, ultimately, it's up to you. <laughs> I know that that doesn't sound very encouraging, but I think really the only thing you can do is weigh the pros and cons again. And then it's okay to ask others for, for their input, but at the end of the day, you need to pick for yourself. You know, you need to 
assess every single thing, but then tell yourself, okay, I'm going down this path for whatever reason, you know, the, the scale weight in that path's favor. But you need to understand, though, that you, no matter what you pick, you're going to wonder what the other one was like as well. And also, no matter what you pick, you're also going to be wondering, well, not wondering, but you're going to deal with hardship. You're going to deal with, like, some sort of regret, most likely. Now, that will happen regardless of which decision. So then, you, so then the point is, is that whatever you do pick, you've got to make the most of, what, of the path you're already on because you already picked it and there's no going back. Unlike the example happening in the poem in which the speaker could, in theory, go back down the trail and go see what the other path was like, we, in that metaphorical conversation, we don't actually have that ability. We can't go back in time and be like, hey, let me go do this instead, you know? And I wonder about that a lot, and I'm sure many of you do, too. You know, sometimes I wonder, what if I picked a different school, or what if I um, decided not to transfer, or things like that, you know? Um, what if Trump didn't get elected? <laughs> you know, those are, that's a discussion for another day. But, um, you know, you, 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 you think about th- these things a lot. But the thing you got to remember is that you're already on a path. Like, whatever decision you did make, you're already on it. And even if you do feel regret, um, you got to make the, the most of it. You know, I think we, we waste too much time looking back and thinking about how we could have fixed things or thinking about how the other path would have been would have been better but if alternate universes are real most likely the other you is thinking the same thing but about the path you're on so really the only thing we can do is make whatever path we're on the most meaningful it can be and thus whatever decision you do make you're already on the right path as long as you make it meaningful for you along the way I hope that made sense. <laughs> I don't know if it did, but yeah, um, that's pretty much it for this episode. Thanks for listening, and uh, feel free to disagree, because this is a heavy topic, though. And, but yeah, you know, thanks for listening to today's poem and discussion on making difficult choices, and uh, I'll catch you later. All right, see ya.